survey says, kick the baby. Don't kick the goddamn baby. Kick the baby. Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, November the 9th, 2020, and this is the 4th and Wrong Podcast. I'm your host, RJ, and joining me as always is Keith. Say hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. I timed the water. Good that time. Nice. Stay in the Keep it hydrated. Uh-huh. Keep it H2, H20 in the 2020. Fellow children. Yeah. Fellow kids. Yeah, I don't think I should be allowed on the internet anymore. Too bad, you can't keep me away. <laughs> Free country. Maybe I shouldn't go like this when I say you can't keep me away. This is maybe <laughs> hit him with some of the Maybe don't maybe don't talk with your hands so much when Nice. Alright. Uh so football this week. Uh you don't have much to talk about. I've got a fair amount to talk about as far as, you know, our team's games go. But Yeah. We'll uh we'll we'll go in the usual order. We'll start with the Browns. Yeah, this um, week the Browns were not a six point team. Yeah, they they uh, they didn't lose. Didn't lose. Um, for people that don't know, the Browns were on a bye, so yeah. didn't lose. So that's that's a positive. Um, and that concludes our Browns segment for the week. Yay! <laughs> so how about ba- them Bills? Baker's got COVID. Maybe. Yeah. Nah, he was exposed to COVID. Yeah. Hey, picked a good week for it. And you're getting Nick Chubb back. I mean, can we talk yeah. about that? That's uh, Or is that... Sure, absolutely. Is that jumping yeah, ahead? Um, no, that's fine. We can just go ahead and riff off the Browns news real quick. Because... Uh, yeah, Nick Chubb, who injured... I'm excited um, for you to get Nick Chubb back because... I'm excited to get Because you, it's, it's sort of... Well, it's sort of just one of those places where you guys are still definitely in the running, and that's a major piece. So, mm-hmm. seeing you guys back at full strength after like losing Odell, it's kind of I think it's going to shift what you guys do as a team a little bit. Though that's kind of been moving. But anyways, let's just get back to his injury and stuff before we dive into all that. Yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, uh, Nick Chubb was injured in week four, um, pretty uh, serious knee injury, and. It's official that he's going to be activated off of injury reserve following the bye week. So, wasn't it like a high ankle sprain or something? What exactly was his injury? Uh, I want to say it was an MCO or an ACL. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I think it was an MCL. Now that I think about but it, it, but it wasn't a t- it wasn't a complete tear. Right. But he still. So he didn't. He, he didn't need. He didn't need a surgery. Okay. He just needed to not use his knee for six weeks for a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, it was, uh, at the tail, it's pretty, it was pretty much bang on to what the recovery period everybody estimated would be, which is great. Um, so like, like I said last week, I felt like what was most important this week is coming out of the bye week more healthy than we went into it. Uh, and just getting Nick Chubb alone is huge because we've been playing hurt for most of the season, especially on defense. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and we were so invested. The first four weeks of the season, we were so invested on that run-first identity. And although, although Kareem Hunt has been as good as we could hope him to be, considering how we've had to utilize him or how the offense has chosen to utilize him, uh, Nick Chubb really is the heart and soul of that running back locker room. Uh, just a, it takes pressure off of Kareem Hunt, so we can use Kareem Hunt more to his specialty, which is an all-around kind of scat slash running back. Uh, where we have Nick Chubb for the first three downs that'll just run it up your gap and make you feel really bad about it. Right, Kareem, Hunt, Kareem Hunt's the third down, split him out wide, throw him in the slot. Yeah, you can put him in the slot, or you can you know run routes out of the backfield, or you can hand him the ball off, and he'll snap off for 8 to 20 yards, yeah. depending. Uh, so, uh, But Nick Chubb is that every down back. You know, He has that, prior to his injury, uh, he had that... that that toughness and that resilience to carry the ball 25 times a game and get 130 yards averaging four to six yards a clip like uh it's it's huge for the offense especially with Odell's injury he's going to be out for the season uh it's huge to get a piece like that back uh it's pretty much perfect timing like we talked about last week Uh, coming out of the bye week this is going to be the easy portion of our schedule having Nick Chubb coming into the easy portion of our schedule we're going to see Jarvis Landry having to get a lot more involved in the passing game, uh, which he's already he already attempted to accomplish in the sleet game from last week. Right. Uh, but uh, I feel good. I feel okay coming out of the bye week. I don't have any major concerns aside from the ones that we've voiced a million times over. Um, Sandejo's still a bum. Uh, Mayfield... Statistically, Mayfield's not having a terrible season, but he's not having a great season. Uh, he's having a good enough season, which, depending on how the rest of the season goes, might be fine. Might be okay. Right. Uh, that I'm that I'm not really I'm not really sure. Um, well, that's that's kind of what I was going to get into with Chubb getting back. Is you guys it, like he's been out, and you guys have kind of gone through a lot as an offense as far as where your identity is is you know with Odell being out and you guys had kind of already shifted more towards being you know a run heavy team um mm-hmm. you had you had your one guy whose name I can't pull right now um you know pulling a, a fair chunk of yards those first couple of weeks uh mm-hmm. that Chubb was out so now you know being more established especially since you lose a weapon like Odell being more established mm-hmm. as a running team getting uh Chubb back right now to be that you know, proper, you know, punch uh, versus mm-hmm. the jab of Kareem Hunt. You know, you guys right. are figuring out what's getting the win, and it feels like you're really getting the strongest piece to solidify that identity uh, back at this uh, point. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I still think it's important for for Odell, or not Odell, for Baker Mayfield to develop and c- continue improving as a quarterback. But it was But he's a good hander-offer. He's a great hander offer, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. And it was established early in the season, like, that this offense is schemed around the running game. Baker Mayfield is more of a supplemental role. And anytime we see the Browns winning, uh, that seems to be very much the case. Now, we've seen flashes of impressive play from Baker when they've had to lean on the on the passing game, but it just hasn't been as consistent as the running game could be. Right. Uh, especially with Nick Chubb coming back. Uh, some other key 
you know, some other key injuries that I was kind of keeping an eye on going into this bye week was uh, how Miles Garrett was going to recover after his early injury in the Las Vegas game. Um, how Jarvis Landry is going to recover because he got he was already hurt. He already was playing with a rib injury, and then he got banged up in the Las Vegas game even more. You know, it was just so imperative for us to take advantage of this bye week and just relax. Mm-hmm. You know, a settle down. Like the hype's over. Okay, we're five and three. Uh, we carried a four and one record in the first or a three and one record in the first four games of the season, and then the the second quarter of the season have kind of been eh. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the with the health of the team. Um, I still suspect that we're going to get into a lot of shootouts with teams that we shouldn't be getting in shootouts with, but I'm more comfortable with it with Nick Chubb in the backfield because if you can just run the ball for 200 yards a game, Baker doesn't have to throw the ball as much. It's true. He only has to throw it <laughs> and, for about a buck 50 or a Cam right. Newton, as we call it these days. <laughs> so uh, it's I'm excited. Um, we still, according to all the big overlying statistics, uh, we still hold on to a above-average possibility of making the playoffs this year, depending on how the wild card picture shakes out in the AFC, especially with how weak the AFC East is this year. Because uh, normally, because normally traditionally we'd see the division leader, and then uh, especially in recent history with the Bills performing the way they have, one of the two wild card spots always is coming out of the East. And then one of the two wild card spots kind of just floats around between the North or and the West, you know, generally. and the West, and the West, uh, which is a stacked division. The AFC South, eh, they're, I mean, they got the Titans, so they yeah. at least they have that going for them. Um, so the way the divisions are kind of shaking out this year, we still hold on to a decent opportunity to make it into the playoffs. It's still kind of early to have that conversation, but at the same time, it's not. Uh, because we're finally getting to the point where we're starting to see s- spreads, we're starting to see differential between the teams. You know, it was not too much. It was not long ago where the Browns had the same record as the Chiefs and the Bills. You know, um, now it's getting to the point where we're starting to see the discrepancy between like the really good teams this season, separated from the playoff contenders, separated from the playoff hopefuls, separated from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, we're we're holding on to we're holding on to the dream. Have you and so so just quickly speaking about your but, your playoff um, potential? Um, have you heard that there may be a sixteen team uh, playoff bracket? Are they going to start that this year? Uh, it is a COVID contingency plan, so it may potentially be for just this year because this was also the year that they expanded the playoffs, uh, so that only one team on each side gets a bye. Yeah, I do remember that. And then the, the this next coming season is when they expand the regular season, correct? To 17 games, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that'd be cool if they just let half of the fucking league in the playoffs. And none of the NFC East. And none of the <laughs> NFC East. Like, that's that's really the big thing. If they're going to expand the playoff format to 16 teams as, like, a COVID thing, just, like, cut the season short and just have 16 teams in the playoffs... Um, the the NFC East isn't allowed. They're not invited. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, I I will not allow it. Um, but some key injuries on the offensive line. Wyatt Teller comes back this week after being out for a couple of games. Important. Um, you know, yeah. There's just big pieces. None of them on the defense though. <laughs> the defense still trash. They're all dead except for Miles Garrett, but he was only injured for that one game. Uh, they're all dead. Uh, so. 
that's cool. Uh, and hopefully we get Austin Hooper back too and get the tight end group back to full strength coming into next week. Um, you know, just for a, the quick preview for next week, we're playing Houston. And normally I would be con- concerned about Houston, and I still am, only because Deshaun Watson. But literally that's it. Yeah. The rest of the team I have. Like, Deshaun Watson is a wild card, but the rest of the team I have no concerns about whatsoever. No. So, like I said, the rest of the season, like I said last week, the rest of the season for Cleveland this year is is fine. It is a fine season. We play you guys. Uh, we play uh, all of our division opponents again. And you, Wait, we play? I thought we did. Or maybe I'm mistaken. Not, not to my knowledge. That's why we play the Steelers this year, I think. That's our NFC Nor- or AFC North. Uh... Who was I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of the Titans. I don't know why I was thinking of you guys. I knew it was somebody outside of the division that was hard that we had left. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, yeah, we got fucking divisional opponents. We've already played the Bengals twice and swept that series. So we play the Ravens one more time, the Steelers one more time, and then we play the Titans, and everybody else on our schedule is Cupcake. It's the Texans, the Eagles, the Jags, the Giants, and the Jets. Yeah, I think we were talking about your schedule, you know, last week, uh, and going over it, I was like, you guys could very easily end up with, like, easily end up with 10 wins. Yeah, this is a very, very obtainable 10-6 and six season. Yeah. Uh, the problem with Cleveland, and it's the problem that Cleveland's always had, is we notoriously wet, let one of those one of those teams sneak a win past us. Like, teams that really shouldn't beat us, mm-hmm. we notoriously let them sneak a win past us. Well, maybe us. this is the year that you're turning things around and, you know, that doesn't happen. Yeah, Miles Garrett will just go out and try to murder every quarterback instead of just one. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even have to do it against the Jets. They're doing all... They're doing fine on their own true. with murdering all of their quarterbacks. True. Uh, um, Daniel Jones is... He's fucking Daniel Jones. Um, fast white Carson boy. Wentz is yeah, fast white boys. About it. Uh, Carson Wentz is doing a pretty good job of getting himself murdered every day. Um, Gardner Minshew. A lot of questions are have popped up about Gardner Minshew. Um, really, the only the only stable teams we have left to play are the three that we're probably going to have the hardest time with, mm-hmm. and that's you know t- Titans, Ravens, and the Steelers. So, with this bye week and us recovering from some of these key injuries, I'm feeling good going into next week. And then pretty much all the way... I'm feeling good all the way up until we play the Titans, which is like week 13 or week 14, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Who knows? Um, I'm excited to see Chubby back out there so I can yell Chubbers at the TV some more because it makes people uncomfortable. I think, I think your big problem is, on one hand, 10 and 6 is very attainable. On the other hand, 10 and 6 might not be enough this year. Dude, 10 and 6 in the AFC North isn't enough. Like... It's just it's not. Ten not and with six the Steelers is, and the Ravens. Ten and six is third place. Yeah. So, like, because the, the uh, this is my prediction. Hot take. Uh, the Steelers and the Ravens are going to go thirteen and three and twelve and four. Okay. Not. I don't know which one is going to do that yet. You, okay. But but I think that's how those teams are going to shake out. So we need. They we need a gift, right? Even with a ten and six season, we need a gift. The AFC North is officially the toughest it's ever been, and the Bengals are deciding to win games out of nowhere, right? Like I'm, I'm glad we've already taken care of them. We've already won our two Bengals games, but like, yeah, we'll, who's we'll we'll talk about how I feel about the Dolphins in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that shakes out next season. Like, 
the it mm, I'm it's a, it's another one of those years where like so the same thing happened the last time the Browns were this close to making the playoffs. It was uh 2008. The Browns were either 11 and 5 or 10 and 6 and so were the Ravens. <clears throat> the Steelers won the division and the Ravens and the Browns tied, but the Ravens had the tie- regular season tiebreaker. Every single time the Browns are good, the whole division is stacked. The last time the Browns made the playoffs, this is how stacked they were the last time the Browns made the playoffs, which is 2000 or 2001. The first round, the first wild card game the Browns were in was against the fucking Steelers. <laughs> so we had to play the Steelers three times that year. And then we gave them that game. Right. Like... I hate the AFC North. I don't like being in this division. (laughs) (laughs) It's every single time a team is good in the division that I like, every team in that division is good. Uh, Except for, there's usually one. And this, it just so happens to be Cincinnati. But you remember when the fucking Cincinnati first got Andy Dalton and they made it like six straight playoffs. Like, perennially like 10 plus wins every season yeah somehow. yeah i mean they got knocked out in the first or second round every year but they were there they were dancing right you know you you can't you can't succeed in the playoffs if you never made it and they fucking made it it's always the ravens the steelers and the and the bengals when is it the browns turn when are the browns gonna get their time maybe this year or maybe you'll break the bills record who knows yeah yeah, maybe they'll expand it to fucking 16 games and just give me a gift. Yeah. Just, like, by default, let my Browns into the playoffs. I think at this point they have to reset the timers for how many years everybody's been out of the playoffs since everybody gets one more shot now. It's like <laughs> the, Bills will be gets the, a mulligan. the Bills will be the all-time leader at 17 or fucking whatever. <laughs> more records you don't want. Yeah, no shit. But that's been our Browns minute. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I knew you had more to talk about then. Well, we started talking about news and projections and stuff. I, we usually save that towards the end of the show. We should have done a lot more projections uh, last week, but, you know, with it being the official middle of the season, I feel like, but... I mean, we can do that now. It's still the middle of the season. It's true. It's the other half of the middle of the season. Well, if I remember yeah. to do that at the end, uh, we'll do it. I'll write it down. Okay. I won't. Um... So let's talk about the game that we both watched. Hey, that was a fucking football game. Let's talk game. about this thing. What, like, what? Who expected the Bills to put up 44 points? I didn't. I did. Like. I mean, maybe not 44 exactly, but, I mean, what did I tell you last week? Their defense is bad. Y'all are going to throw all over each other. Seattle's defense is no. bad. It took Seattle almost the entire football game to remember how to play offense. Mm-hmm. But it turned like it. It turned scary there for a little bit. Uh, it got sort of close a couple of times, but it got tense. I wouldn't say it was scary. It was tense. Like I don't. Like, it was like I'm pretty sure the Bills had the lead the entire game. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But the the Seahawks brought it within a score or two on several occasions. Yeah, they brought it, it just like they brought it within a touchdown, and they made it. They made it to the point where it was like, okay, Josh, you have to answer because as soon as you don't, and and. To Josh's, as soon as you don't, Russ is going to eat you up. Yeah, to Josh's credit, it was it's kind of like playing the Patriots, uh, but slightly, but like a slightly different game. Whereas, like if you make a mistake against the Patriots, they're going to make you pay because they're not going to make any mistakes. This was, mm-hmm. it felt like if we didn't go out there and score, like mm-hmm. we were gonna fall behind at some point, mm-hmm. um, and we we just didn't. I mean, yep. 
I th- and fucking, I think Corey Bohorquez saw the field like twice all game. So yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> Every single time I saw him on the sideline, just like keeping loose. It's like you know, at least you're keeping your head in the game. Twice he punted twice. Yeah, and. You know, speaking of Josh Allen and his ability to answer, way to go, Josh Allen, for having his second best career game in the same fucking season that he had his best career game. Good for him. So he's also the only quarterback, period, in NFL history um, to twice in the same season have a game where you throw for 400 yards, three touchdowns, and have a passer rating of 130 or better. Like, Breeze, Brady, a couple other people, when I saw the stat, like, have done it in their careers, but they've never done it in the same season. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not a bad league to be in all, all by yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, but when you only when you only miss seven passes it's pretty, for the entire game... It's pretty good. On th- yeah, and, 31 for 38 is pretty good. Passing for 81% sh- is pretty good. And when Sean McDermott just goes, uh, their secondary is the worst secondary in the league, so uh, we're just we're just never going to run the ball. When Brian Dayball goes, we're going to do some Alabama shit. Yeah, we're <laughs> like it was seriously like watching. It was like watching like a fucking Pac-12 West Coast spread college game the entire time. Yeah, it was because just like even four even, wide. Se- even yeah even Seattle barely ran the fucking football like yeah. like both teams were just like these secondaries aren't now the Bills secondary is objectively better than Seattle secondary but in my opinion and in your opinion occasionally it's, it feels like the Bills secondary can tend to underperform at times Seattle. and I feel like sorry go on finish your thought or I um the Bills secondary uh can tend to underperform at times uh-huh. and i think both of those offensive coordinators were just like we're just gonna do that we're just gonna throw all over the fucking place seattle also but, has this guy called dk metcalf and he's not he's not a nice guy he's a fucking cheat code dude i felt bad like i felt bad because uh, the bills have a small secondary yeah they're not big just across just just across the board they don't have like a richard sherman type or somebody like that no uh, it's a bunch of small, athletic, fast guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then DK Metcalf is, he looks like a fucking monster among men out there. He is a man amongst boys. He's just and bigger. He, he is just bigger. He is just bigger. He is just faster. And he's very disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is the second week where a Bills cornerback just got hucked by somebody. Mm-hmm. By just a very large, disrespectful human. Like, Why? Like, Trey's not even to the good part of his contract yet. God damn. He just, just chucked him into the bench. <laughs> the uh, It was legitimately... It felt like I was watching a college game, and I was okay with that. Like, Wasn't bad. Especially, it was an, especially with, like, how... I mean, just how bad Seattle's secondary is. It was a nice, it was a nice stamp... For uh, the Bills, a nice return to form. It was like it was like in the first quarter of the season. Eight yards on a slant, ten yards on and out. Eight yards on a slant, ten yards on and out. Just like over and over and over again. Like like first down, first down, first down, first down, first down. And and you guys have the receivers to take those underneath balls and make something out of. Oh yeah, you know they they were playing. They were given the Seattle was giving the Bills receivers way too much respect. Uh, And so uh, there wasn't a lot of times where. You know, like the I think the longest completion through the air that Josh Allen had all day was like only like twenty or so yards. Yeah, he didn't throw anything super deep. 
Yeah, because he didn't need to. I think I think the deepest easily or step on. I think the deepest pass may have been that uh, first touchdown to Isaiah McKenzie um, on that crossing route, and that was twenty five thirty yards, something like that. You Mm -hmm. know, tops. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, he was he was spreading it around. Everybody was getting a touch. I think like on of his first six completions, every single one of them, like he went six for seven and hit six different targets. Like, not bad. Uh, he had he had two touchdowns and two hundred and eighty like two yards in the first half. Like mm-hmm. he had a full game's worth of touchdowns and passing yards in a half. He had two Cam Newtons in the first half. Yeah, he played. I'm gonna keep driving having... that as a metric until it sticks. <laughs> okay, having an entire game's worth of stats. By halftime, it's not necessarily a bad thing. No. Um, can we talk about AJ Klein for a second? Though? Yeah, let's talk about the fact that I'm pretty sure he got drug tested immediately after that game. Dude, like, who the fuck is AJ Klein? <laughs> uh, he's a he's a I think he was mainly a special teams guy. Yeah, like he's like 30. <laughs> I think he also came from you guys. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, it was, I never you guys are the Steelers. Um, I've never heard of the motherfucker, but he was balling out, dude. Or I'm wrong Fucking twice. Two sacks, a forced fumble. He said, hey, we don't need no Matt Milano, at least for this game. I got it. Klein was the guy that we signed from the Saints. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm thinking of a different guy that we signed from the Steelers who's a linebacker who's mostly a uh, uh, mostly a special teamer. Um. But yeah, he was really fun to watch. Uh, do, like Matt Milano got put on IR and said, "AJ Klein, here are all of my superpowers." <laughs> um, he was out there in coverage. He was in the backfield disrupting the quarterback. Matt Milano said, play. "You are the white linebacker now." <laughs> and what's cool is like his strip, like his force fumble, like wasn't even like a like a Judy Schwatt strip. No, he, he like got in there and yeah, he ran into Russ and just pulled the ball away from him. I was like, "This is mine now." Give me that. <laughs> this is mine's now. Yeah, fucking poor Russell Wilson. Uh, hit 16 times that game, the most by any quarterback, most hits uh, on any quarterback this entire season. That includes Carson Wentz, that includes Danny Dimes, mm-hmm. that includes, I guess, Baker. Yes. That's what more than anyone That's else more, means. Yes, technically speaking, that is what more than anyone means. I just couldn't remember if Baker had a suspiciously high game of hits or not, which is why I, I was going to leave him alone. But Maybe. Regardless, uh, yeah, he got messed I mean, up a jo- lot. Yeah, Josh Allen got popped around too, especially in the second half when every single one of your linemen decided to die. Yeah, uh, losing two guards and a tackle is not a real good way to uh, protect your quarterback. Yeah, when you're playing like your second string center because you needed to rotate your center out to guard, so Josh Allen wouldn't get murdered especially, and he still got murdered. Especially when one of the guards you you lose is the guy you drafted instead of DK Metcalf. God damn it! <laughs> you gotta earn your keep. She's yeah, like Josh Allen. I I look at it this way: we really could have Josh Allen, DK Metcalf, and Chase Claypool all on the same team right now. I mean, you could you could have. And and Stefan Diggs, because I think Claypool was a second round pick. Here's a stat for you, RJ. But hey, who still came away with the W? Them Bills. What's what's was, the stat? 
Uh, I lost it. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. Nice. I don't care. Devin Singletary uh, had .5 rushing yards on the game. Hell yeah. That's a stat. That's a stat. Left hash bash still out there doing his thing. Yeah. He, he missed he, he missed one from the left hash. How dare from you? like 61. Whatever. Which is funny because when you looked at it, it's like, oh, he could have hit that from 65 if it was... If he didn't, if he didn't miss. Yeah. <laughs> he had the leg. He overcompensated and just pushed it, you know? Um, and Stefan Diggs currently leads the league in both receptions and receiving yards. Good for him. He deserves it. Uh, Minnesota learning that uh, Stefan Diggs better than uh, Adam Thielen. God. So, so God. All right. Stefan Diggs is leading. DK Metcalf is right behind him in yards. Mm-hmm. Metcalf also is doing it on 20 fewer receptions with five more touchdowns. He's a big boy. <laughs> He's just... He is. A, what did I tell you when he scored that touchdown? Just better. Uh, he's he's a fucking cheat code. Like when Russell Wilson, he like pinged off of two it. guys and just like yeah. when he wedges it between or to DK and DK just like pinballs off of two fucking linebackers, mm-hmm. not even tiny boys, yeah. big boys, and just goes blink blink touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> it was not wrap that man up, wrap him up. Um. But getting back to the game a little bit, I feel like... Steal his binky. I feel like this was a game that was, like, really necessary. Because, like, we go into this game, we prove that we can beat up a piss-poor secondary. We prove that we can win a shootout, which, again, I did not expect the Bills to put up 44 points. Uh, I had this game penciled as a loss at the beginning of the season. I thought this was going to be one of the four that we lose. Turns out that game was Tennessee instead. Um, So, you know. Mulligan. Yeah. Uh, I think my overall prediction will still end up correct. Um, But we get this right before going up against the Cardinals next week and then going into our bye. So we could be 8-2 and at the bye with two big wins against the NFC West um, Mm -hmm. against kind of similar quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see if our defense can uh, produce the same amount of pressure next week and get Kyler to, you know, screw up. Yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting game to keep an eye on because like I, the key difference between I feel like between Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, Ky, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, is Kyler Murray still likes to run more. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and was... he's and he's faster. Yes. than Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson is still a shifty dude, but Kyler Murray, if his first or second read's not there, he's taking off. Right, and they and they they spread so much. Like you, you really got to run that contain in the middle, but if you run too loose with the contain, then they're just going to chew you up in the passing game. You know, so you got to keep pressure on the dude, but you can't lose him in the middle of the field. And trust me, he tiny, he can get lost easy. Yep. He's a shifty little bugger. But uh, I like our I like our odds against most of their team next week. I mean, to yeah. be fair, they've got the duo of of Nuke and Larry Legend, so that's always going to be something to contend with. Well, and. Depending on how your defense is playing, if the Miami if the Miami Cardinals game showed us anything, is uh, Larry and D Hop can just go out there and be a distraction and let Christian Kirk eat. You know, yeah, they got they got talent and Kenny and Drake. I think I think our, I think he's also in that backfield. Yeah, like and then David. Kyler Murray can run for a million yards. Yeah, so I mean, I honestly think. Next week may be very similar to this week as far as, you know, the game plays out. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Arizona just had a very similar game against another AFC East team, so but, I think it's very possible we see a, we see an AFC NFC repeat for next week. Yeah, I think I think what what I'm feeling right now though is more like I'm feeling an uptick in confidence from where I was the last couple of weeks um, mm-hmm. because realistically, it's feeling to me like if the Bills could somehow make it through the AFC, oh, we'd have a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get again, we get to see a few more NFC West teams, but at this point, you know, the Niners are not anywhere near what we expected them to be at the beginning of the season, so they're not really threatening anything. We just beat the Seahawks. Um, you know, we get to and we get to see the Cardinals next week. So really, like the the top teams that I think, you know, are a threat, we've either have either burned out, we've just seen or we'll see very shortly, you know, how things will pan out. Um, cause I can't think of a lot more NFC contenders that I really th- like Green Bay, I guess. Um, but Green Bay's got a super suspect defense also. You know? Yeah. And Green Bay, Green Bay is kind of in that same situation they were last year where it's just like, uh, is the offense doing, is the offense is doing most of the work. So they're faking it, you know, right. They're, they're frauds was the big thing last season is like, yeah, they were technically in the playoffs, but were they really a playoff team right. or was it just Aaron Rodgers being great? you know uh and they're kind of showing similar colors this year so like really what's the competition there right uh i mean the nfc the nfc is not nearly as scary as it was last season right because we got the rams losing a big game and you know the 49ers are a shell of what they could be so i mean we're we're halfway to sweeping the nfc west already uh, between Mm -hmm. you know the rams and now the seahawks um so if the Bills can learn to make it past a team like Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Baltimore, uh, which I think is a possibility, and we're, we're going to find out at the end of the season when you play the Steelers. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so I, I got some questions for you. Sure. I love this. I love this portion. So Keith asks questions. We're uh, talking about, Ding. you know, we got we got a surprise win that you're counting as a trade. For losing to the Titans, yeah, because you didn't, you had those projections flipped, More, yeah. With the 49ers where they're at right now, and the Patriots where they're at right now, uh-huh. but Miami kind of coming up the way they are, yeah. Where do you guys? Where do you see you guys fig- finishing out the season now? What kind of record are we talking about? Oh, I'm still thinking. Uh, well, actually, because I counted the 49ers, I think is a loss early in the season too. That's why I asked. <laughs> 13 and 3? Yeah, that's an extra win right there. One that you don't have accounted for because nobody on the schedule for the rest of the season uh I mean the Dolphins might surprise you. The Dolphins are always tough in the division. I'm going to say it's going to be Carolina or Carolina, the Cardinals next week um are are, are going to be the bigger challenge cuz we're we're traveling to Arizona and you know, mm-hmm. they've got an offense and you know, again, we just proved that we could outshoot one offense, um, but the Cardinals, you know, beat the Seahawks. So, but they also lost to Miami, so that makes Miami better than the Seahawks. It does, and we beat Miami, so we're double better. We're back to this good math again. So it's, it's, I cut it's that, that all out of last week. None of none of this is going to make sense. It's, it's rock paper scissors, baby. None of this is going to make no any double sense. betters. <laughs> it's just rock paper scissors. Why'd you cut it out? I'm pretty sure I cut it out. I might have left some. Of <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't listen that far. I only listened to like the first thirty minutes. Why did so I cut far. it out? Because it got real stupid real fast. 
It's rock, paper, scissors. I don't understand why you don't understand the principle of rock, Double paper, scissors. Double plus ungood. Anyways. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the Steelers? Because um, right now, looking at your schedule, the Steelers is my biggest question mark for you guys for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, yes. It was, it was going to be them and the 49ers on my original uh, mm-hmm. wheel of pain or, you know, however you want to think of it. Um, wheel of doom. But you know, uh, I want to I want to pull up I want to pull up uh, Pittsburgh's actual schedule real quick. Giants, Denver, Houston, Philly, Cleveland, Tennessee, Baltimore. So so far they've beaten Tennessee and Baltimore and you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we may be one of the harder teams that the Steelers play this year. So I agree. Literally, fi- like finally looking at their schedule, I see uh, how they're eight and zero, eight and zero, nine and zero. Eight, eight and zero. It hasn't been the hardest schedule, um, but you know that's for sure. But they have, but they have beaten Baltimore. But that's a that's a weird divisional game, like and, and plus, like Baltimore, Baltimore doesn't scare me that much this year. Like uh, now against us, they're scary, right? But, like, watching them play other teams objectively, mm. uh, they, they don't scare me as much as they used to. They're, like, they're kind Lamar, of getting figured out a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think people are starting to get the answer to Lamar and really kind of bring him down to everybody else's level. Yeah. I mean, they're going to um, – they're gonna. well, it seems like more than anything, they're forcing him out of the pocket and making him scramble more when what he wants yeah. to do 90% of the time is just staying in the pocket. Yeah, and then really – and he's – not only are they pushing him out of the pocket, when they push him out of the pocket, they're not letting him take off. It's like, no, you're going to beat us with your arm, but you're going to beat us uncomfortably with your arm. Right. And he's he's not really shown that he can really do that, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I see us at 13-3, and three or fuck, I mean, if we if we beat the Steelers, we could be 14-2. and two. We could have had our two losses for this season already. Sick. Um, the question is... Does that does that do us better? Like, does that get us to first place? I don't think so. Um, first place in the AFC. Yeah. Is Kansas City going to lose two more games? Because they've got a tiebreaker yeah. against us. Um, yeah, and as much shit as I just talked about Baltimore, like, they still only have two losses. Are, so like, are, if we beat the Steelers, are they going to lose more than one game? Yeah. You know, yeah, you guys could be the only loss for the Steelers this year. Now they play Baltimore again. Um, they do play Baltimore again, but I actually want Baltimore to win that game. Yeah, weird. Well, because you're hoping to to tighten up, the sneak di- in there. You're, you're hoping to Everybody, tighten up the division a little bit. Everyone needs to lose to everyone else except for us. <laughs> okay. Um. Because we already we already taken care of Cincinnati. If we split the rest of the division, we'll be okay. But yeah, Pittsburgh is uh, looking at their schedule kind of less scary than I had originally thought. So I mean, dude, yeah, the Bills could end up real good, and they're they're starting to do stuff. Like I like I, I really I really started enjoying watching the Bills again. I think you know last year when we saw Josh, you know, taking steps forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we made the playoffs again. Uh, but this year is is starting. Playoffs. Yeah, this year is starting to be the thing where it's like the Bills are doing stuff, 
that they haven't done previously. Now, granted, some of the stuff that they haven't done previously is like have an average to below average defense, um, which is, you know, something that they need to fucking fix if you want to win playoff games. Um, it's also new for the Bills. Yeah. Considering how well the defense has played over the past two or three years. Well, even even going back to Rex Ryan, like, I mean, you know. The Rex men. Yeah. Sexy Rexy uh, and his defenses. I mean, we were we were like a top rushing defense then. Mm-hmm. You know, when we had when we had Mario, when we had Super Mario and like Jerry Hughes. Mm. So but and fucking Marcel Darius, back when he gave a shit still. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of everything I got on the Bills. Um, so let's move on. Uh, we've kind of been talking. Well, we were just talking about the Cardinals, and I kind of want to talk about this game. So yeah. we'll talk about the the Miami Arizona game. And go Tua. Yeah, I was gonna Jacobra. say. <laughs> pull that uh, Tua continuing to or attempting to pull that crow out of Keith's mouth before he can swallow it. Please keep doing it. Uh, comes out and I need to be fa- I need to be validated. <laughs> comes out and has a win, and Miami has won four games in a row. Wild, right? Like, like the Bills are the Bills are seven and two, but weirdly we still have to like keep an eye on the rear view. That is Miami. It's it, it's funny the optics at the beginning of the season. Like, yeah, at the beginning of the season when the Patriots started off as strong as they did with Cam Newton under center, and it's just like I, we don't we agreed we agreed we don't think the Patriots are going to be as good as they used to be. Yeah, but that's still going to be the team to watch out in the AFC East. Right now, what the fuck's going on? Like now, now they're threatening for your playoff spot, is what Miami's doing. Yeah, you fucking pray <laughs> stop. <laughs> Every time the Browns get good, every time. It's the AFC East and the AFC North. They just got to dick me. I'm mad. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was, uh, that was this game was one of the other games I was keeping an eye on for the few little bit of football that I watched. Uh, another real fun game to watch. It was very clean football. Um, you know, the only team that turned over, uh, I believe Kyler Murray had a fumble that he lost, and it was recovered by Shaq Lawson, actually. Mm-hmm. Um and ultimately, it was kind of like that one drive that was taken away, it turned out to be a three-point game. You know, that, that one drive that was taken away on that turnover could have been the turning point for the Cardinals, you know, losing a, a tight one to Miami. Where Tua, we said last week, we didn't, like, Tua, they won last week, but Tua didn't really have to do anything. Uh, this week, Tua wanted to actually play football. Right. And uh, he came out and he played fucking football. He had a great game, you know, almost 250 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, and then no well, picks, no picks right on the other side of the ball. Kyler Murray fucking almost 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And Kyler Murray ran for 100 yards. Jesus. So <laughs> squirrely little fuck. Yeah. Like, so this is funny, funny stat. Chase Edmonds, Arizona's uh, running back, had 25 carries for 70 yards. He averaged almost three yards a carry. Kyler Murray had 11 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> You're a quarterback? You're not... Stop. Don't. We don't need more Lamar Jackson-esque motherfuckers in the league, okay? Just pump your brakes for a second. It's just faster Russ. Yeah, he's just faster Russ. And he's, or every single time way I look, faster Doug Flutie. 
way faster than Doug Flutie. Uh, it was a really fun game to watch. It was very, very dynamic, you know. Uh, I still do not believe that Kyler Kyle Murray's 5'10". Every time I see him in the huddle or, you know, receiving the snap, uh, he is not 5'10". Still that motherfucker's... He is 5'8". Kyler Murray! <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like we alluded to, uh, D-Hop and Larry Fitzgerald took enough attention away, or took enough attention away from the rest of the receivers where Christian Kirk was able to eat. Yeah. Um, Tua did a good job spreading the ball all over the place. And it's not so. like Larry and Nuke were, were inefficient, four for five and three for three. It's like, now nah, mm-hmm. we, we still catch. Yep. And, uh, they and it was high efficiency catches too. You know, every, every one of their catches was basically for a, a first down. Yep. The... It was just fun football from two young, future, bright, better than Justin Herbert stars. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because I'm not wrong about quarterbacks ever. Right. I'll give you half of that because one of them has already run won a rookie of the year. So. Yeah, you're right. So we'll see how the other one does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little so late got, this season. What, what you got, Justin Herbert? Dude, that'd be some shit if Tua come, came in like almost halfway through the season and was like, uh-uh, I'm the rookie of the year. Look at me. me. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. I'm the rookie so, now. But two starts for Tua, two wins for Tua. Let Tua cook, you know? <laughs> there's, a, there's a let Josh cook shirt out, uh, except they want like $30 for it, and I was like, eh. That's a if it's not official NFL merch, I'm not spending thirty dollars on it. It's like that's a lot. Like I expect that kind of shit from the NFL. Um, and what Justin Herbert has is over three hundred yard passing for two touchdowns, but it's not enough against the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders, who are also five and three and pushing for your playoff spot. I know. Quit reminding me. <laughs> Another game where Derek Carr really didn't have to do much. No. Derek, back of the bus. The, uh... Derek soccer mom. Derek carpool, if you will. I would say, you know, Derek's job at this at games like that is not to turn the ball over, but he had the only Raiders turnover of the game, so... Yeah, well, you know. It'd be like that sometimes. Not, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. Um... You want to just brush over the rest of the league real quick? Darren Waller not making catches, unlike Aguilar. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I briefly wanted to talk about the uh, Steelers-Dallas game, which we kind of talked about a little bit earlier. Um, yo, the Steelers almost lost to another quarterback whose name I don't know. You don't know Gary Gilbert? No. He, well, I know that he was on your practice squad because apparently I well, he, heard. Well, he wasn't just on the practice squad. Uh-huh. He suited up. Uh-huh. He was. He was. He was Baker Mayfield's direct backup for that one time. Well, he still almost got hot enough to fucking beat Big Ben. So, and, and then Big Ben said, "Nah." Yeah. Said I've been going to, unanswered. I've been going to church. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fucking Pittsburgh's one of those teams where they just want to scare their fans. They want to give their fans heart attacks. That's all they want to do this season. They're gonna they're gonna make it to the playoffs, but they're gonna do it in like like in a very uh, 
a very offensive way for their fan base. The Steelers, the only team to lower the life expectancy in their city. Yeah, by uh, almost losing games to the fucking Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. That's a bad team. Yeah. It's a bad team in a bad division. That's a really bad team in a really bad division. <laughs> I wonder what happened to Denucci though. I guess they just benched him because they got a hold of Gilbert. Denucci, yeah, it's entirely possible. Because they stole Gilbert off of our fucking practice squad. Gotta be you careful. Dicks. They'll snatch you. Oh, well, that's what happens when they're not protected. Yeah. And Big Ben went for like seventy-five percent throwing for three hundred yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, he yeah. Had I mean, he had another game. He did. He did Big Ben shit. Uh, I caught little bits and pieces of the Kansas City uh, Panthers game. Okay, talk to me uh, about that. Uh, Kansas City almost lost that game to the fucking Panthers. Yeah, I saw that. They were behind for, like, most of the game. Yeah, uh, and it... It... Patrick Mahomes pretty much had to go off. Yeah. Uh, they... It was, it was run CMC's return game. Right. So we saw a little more balance out of the out of uh, Carolina's offense. But with that being said, Teddy still played really well. Did we see that much balance? Teddy Bridgewater almost threw it for f- oh. almost threw it fifty times. Well, yeah, because Run CMC also can do this thing called catching the ball. It's true. So <laughs> I think the only thing uh, he doesn't do is kick the ball. Yeah. So when you, when when your running back is also your second leading receiver on the team. Um, I still call that balance. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Because that's a fifth weapon, you know? Um, yeah, it turned into a shootout. turned into, like, a quarterback duel pretty quickly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes pretty much had to go off and do Patrick Mahomes shit to sneak the win out. Uh, but for the longest time, uh, for a while, you know, the Panthers were winning. They had a, they had a two-score lead at one point. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then starting in... The fourth quarter, it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It was a really exciting football to watch. Uh, it was nice seeing Teddy Bridgewater get out there and really play to like a form that we saw when he was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt like he was capable of doing it. Uh, we're starting to see a little more comfort out of out of the Panthers, which is nice. Um, but they're still obviously in a rebuild, and these are games this. Kansas City to me is still scary, but these are games where it kind of shows, uh, like we've talked about several times in the show now. Kansas City they look human at times, where it's very inconvenient for them to look human. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least they got a win out of this one. Uh, Travis Kelsey had himself a fucking day uh, with 169 yards. Tyreek Hill. Uh, only 50% on his catches, but he had two touchdowns and over 100 yards. Um, so it was... I was keeping an eye on it because the ticker came across my screen, you know, Panthers leading the Chiefs, and I was like, that's not right, that's <laughs> fake. There's <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to watch that one for a minute because I'm here in North Carolina, so that was the local game, so I threw it on the TV while I was watching the Bills game on my laptop, and it was just like, oh, I'll kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, and then it turned out to, like, probably one of the better games better games of the week um but upon saying that in reflection there's a lot there's a lot of just a really fun football to watch this week so and i missed almost all of it <laughs> well that happens 
All right, what have we got next? Uh, that w those were really the only games I actually paid attention to. Okay. Um, the Tampa Bay Saints game I kind of passively paid attention to, um, only because of how, like, you brought it up. I was actually on the way back from a call when you were just like, yo, the Bucks are getting their shit kicked in. Yeah. And I, was, I checked the score, and I was like, no shit, they are. It was about halftime at this point. Um, you know, 38-3. to three, Um Drew Brees trying to prove a point, I guess. Yeah, um, well, that he that he can blow out that he can blow out teams by just checking the ball down. Drew, Drew Brees said, "Welcome to my division." Yep. And uh, first time Tom Brady's thrown three interceptions since 2011 against and, the Bills. Yep. And all three of those picks, I think it might have uh, I watched them against the Bills. I could have been. Uh, I watched all three of those interceptions, and all three of them were 100% Tom Brady's fault. There was no... They were just bad balls. You know, there might have been some disruption or some pressure that made him throw a bad ball, but Tom Brady's the cat that if he's getting pressured, he doesn't throw lollipops, he throws it away. He wasn't throwing it away. He was throwing lollipops, and the secondary was eating on him. So, bad, Tom. Bad. Oh, and also Taysom Hill's still a freak. Yeah, he was all over the field doing billions of things and once again proving that he's not a viable quarterback, but doing the most. Hey, he was 100% on his completions when he was playing quarterback. If they if they had an award for most most player, he would win every year. Yeah, if they had like a like a best sixth man equivalent in the NFL for like best gadget player, mm -hmm. like it'd be him and like run CMC. Yeah. Those would be your two candidates for the last two seasons. I was going to say, there, there might be a couple wide receivers in there, but... Uh, but do those wide receivers... Well, hey, Jarvis Landry plays quarterback. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. And Odell threw a touchdown once, too. Holy shit. All right, the Bills have finally done it. Just one, just one last note. Uh, up until last week, the Bills still had a negative... Um, uh, point differential hey they were like they were like a hundred i want to say they were 198 to 199 only took a 44 to 34 game yeah. against the sea <laughs> yeah that's exactly what they were they were 198 to 199 so we were six and two with a negative point differential nice yeah but we fixed that <laughs> All right, well, I want to get into some top headlines. Yeah, sure. I'm looking yeah, at this picture of of Josh Allen where he suspiciously looks like Nathan Peterman. It's very weird. Should be unnerving. That's that's when he starts throwing picks. It's when he looks like Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Well, apparently he looked like... Oh, this was against the Chiefs, so yeah. <laughs> Funny story. So, injury headline. Uh, shortly after Run CMC made his triumphant return to uh, play Kansas City, he's injured again. Bye bye. Uh, he's now day to day with a shoulder injury. Um, Run back to the bench, CMC. Yeah, yeah, sucks for you, nerd. Uh, hope you feel better. Uh, even worse news is Alex Smith's pathway to starting in Washington uh, may have been cemented by another catastrophic leg injury yeah, to seriously. Kyle Allen, who is going in to have surgery when his foot did this yeah. <laughs> against Julie, against Jabril Peppers' leg. What did he do, completely dislocate his foot or something? Yeah, his uh, 
is a small fracture and complete dislocation. So he pretty much has like a chip fracture, and then his foot got pulled from the joint and rotated this away. Gross. Yeah. It wasn't quite as gruesome as the Alex Smith injury, but still pretty gross to watch live. Um, it's funny if you watch the play. Uh, a lot of people are calling for Jabril Peppers, the safety that caused the, inju- caused the injury, to be suspended because they're claiming tripping. Um, kind of what happened is Jabril Peppers was blitzing off the edge because um, that's what strong safeties do. Uh-huh. And the tackle, tackle played him out wide. And actually, they both went kind of tumbling to the ground as Kyle Allen was kind of moving the pocket. And when Jabril tumbled, he, he kind of rolled and his leg, like, whipped out. And he literally, like, ninja kicked Kyle Allen in the shin. Mm. Um, it didn't look intentional to me at speed because he was literally rolling and his leg just kind of flailed, you know? Um, but upon further review... But upon further review, I could see it. I don't think anything's going to come of it. I don't think anything was intentional. Like, hey, I'm trying to break this dude's leg. I mean, they but, almost um, killed Andy Dalton like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. So, yeah, if but, nothing came of that. But Jabril Peppers is different because he used to play for the Browns. Right. Well, I'm just saying. Although, I'm just saying he shouldn't. He shouldn't be fucking suspended either. If apparently we're just doing nothing for quarterbacks these days. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Um, although Jabril Peppers did play under Greg Williams' defense Ooh. when he was in Cleveland. Greg so. Three G's Williams. Um, but that sucks. Uh, he's gonna probably be out for the rest of the season uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, Is Alex Smith the new Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, Alex Smith when he came in, he had himself a hell of a box score. I'm going to say, didn't he throw for just shy 303 touchdowns with no picks? Who, Alex Smith? Yeah. No, he threw for just over 300 yards, a touchdown, and three picks. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's that dyslexia. Yes. (laughs) A little bit backwards there. Um, It's technically uh, technically a box score. Yeah. Uh, He was accurate. He was moving the ball downfield some bad passes here or there uh he'll clean it up alex smith is a decent quarterback uh this is the worst division that's kind of what i was about to say was like only in only in the nfc east could so much happen (laughs) and nothing happened at the same time nothing happened the status quo because every team so i think it's literally just the eagles are the only team so it's yeah okay so i pulled it up the eagles are three and four washington is two and seven dallas is two and seven and then new york's two and seven washington's two and six dallas two and seven new york's two and seven the eagles literally have they're a game ahead because of two divisional games against their slightly weaker trashy division opponents and a cheeky win against the 49ers, who, as we have said before, uh, probably one of the biggest strategies in the NFC uh, with how gutted that team is with injuries. Their injury list, the 49ers injury report, is like an entire roster of yeah. players. Right well, the, the 49ers is the number of people they have on injured reserve this year. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to call them the 29ers yeah. here shortly. Um, be the what we got lefts. Yeah. So... Aside from that tie with the Bengals, like, fucking 
Man, just throw that whole division away. The Bills have as many wins as any three teams in that division put together. It's sad. They need some milk. One of these teams is going to the playoffs. Yep, they sure are. Uh, over under does uh, do, okay. So do we see a do we see a tie with the Panthers who went seven eight and one? Like, do the Eagles even make it that far? No, it's going to be a double digit loss team in the playoffs. This so they're going to go like they're going to go six and ten or some shit like that. Well, or or Philly would go six nine and one. No, they're going to go 5-10-1. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be double-digit losses in the playoffs. If there isn't, I'm rioting. Solo riot for double-digit losses. If you're going to be that bad as a division, you need to bring something monumental to the playoffs, which is double-digit wins. And not only – or double-digit losses. Not only are you going to go in there with double-digit losses, 5-10-1 Philadelphia Eagles, they're going to play and win their wild-card game. They're going to pull – they're going to pull a fucking – NCAA tournament fucking buy-in last seed beats the first seed as shit. Well, the whole thing is it's they're not going to be the last seed because they're going to get a home game. Because they're, they're going to get be... a fucking home game <laughs> because the NFL playoffs are stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, a team from the NFC East is going to host a playoff game. It also means it. it also means at some point uh, they have to lose to either the Giants, the Cowboys, or the Washington Football Team because they have three divisional think, games left. I think they are perfectly capable of losing those games. And then they've also got to lose. They already to, lost once to Washington. They've got to lose to you, and then the rest are very losable because it's you, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, and the Cardinals outside of their division. Five, ten, and one. They're going to win in the first round. They're going to play you guys in the second round, and you guys are going to fucking or they're not going to play. They're going to play. Who are they going to play? It's the NFC. Hmm. Seattle. Yeah, they're going to play Seattle, and Seattle is going to fucking murder them. Bird be, on bird. It's going to be the Bird Bowl. Yeah, the Bird Bowl. Fucking Seahawks beat up the Eagles and like cook them for Thanksgiving or something. I don't know. The Wing Bowl. Uh, It'll be long after Thanksgiving at this point. Whatever, you can have Thanksgiving whenever you want. Yeah, you Time know. is an illusion. It's, yeah, well, it's a construct at the very least. Mm-hmm. So, that division still sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Accurate. Uh, so, I have a segment that I want to do. So, we're going to start with yours. Okay. Uh, predictions. You mentioned predictions. I did. So, let's get into it. What are we predicting? I already did my prediction. Eagles, double-digit losses, win in the first round. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't think... I think the Eagles are the team to take that division, so I'll go with you on that. Um, I think they end up beating the rest... Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard for... Um, the Eagles will win the NFC East, and it'll be really sad. And then they'll have to play, like, the Vikings or something. And then Dalvin Cook will make them look like a miserable pile of garbage. Probably. So that'll be bad. Um, I bet Stefan Diggs uh, is the league receiving leader at the end of this year. I mean, at this pace. He's on pace for 1,600 yards or some shit. And some change, yeah. yeah. He'll still only have, like, six touchdowns, but, you know can't get them all that's why you got tight ends um 
I don't think a running back for the Bills will go over 800 yards this season. I think that's fair. I would I would take the under on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, predictions or even just like midseason awards. But you know, we'd have to think about that segment beforehand. Well, that was my, that, well, that was my segment. Oh, is that what you've got? Oh yeah. All right. We're not we're not thinking about shit. We're going for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have crap for predictions. Like that that would have been something I'd uh, had to think out more. So let's just move on to your stuff. Okay. Midseason MVP go. And why is it Russell Wilson? It's not Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think the. I mean, I think you still got to kind of trend towards like Pat Mahomes. Um, like he's still. He's still playing at, at at a at a high caliber. I mean, I think there's there like at this point in the season, there's sort of a muddle in the quarterbacks because like Mahomes hasn't been putting up 500 yard games or anything like that. So he's just been like consistently good, and they're eight and one. Um, Aaron Rodgers like has to carry his home his whole team, but you but him and Russell kind of fall into this place where it's like kind of got to win games to be the MVP, right? Like, at the end of the day, your team still has to succeed or else, you know, ultimately, are you valuable enough? Well, at this point in the season, they're, they're winning games, though. Yeah. Uh, they're 6-3. and three. Uh-huh. I mean, that's I guess that's so, a winning record. Yeah, that's also only one one more loss than you. Yeah, but we just beat them, so I got... Achieves. I have recency bias. Uh, sure, recency bias. Um... I would argue uh, the reason why it's Russell Wilson is because if you pull Russell Wilson out of that offense, uh, they're not six and three. They're not even close to six and three. Well, sure, but Russell Wilson's like I mean, that's what, that's but what if you put means, yeah, I mean, if you most put valuable player, if you put Aaron Rodgers in there, are they in the six league. and three? If, uh, yeah, if you put Patrick, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers would be my uh, my runner up. If you put Patrick Mahomes in there, are they six and three? Uh, yeah, but it's about the context of the team. Right. Well, well, I mean, you said if you pull Russell out, they're not six and three. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, when I say that, the reason why I'm saying that is because the only reason they're six and three is because of Russell Wilson. Sure. Yeah. Because their defense is yeah. shit, as the Bills yeah. proved once again. Yeah. And the only reason Green Bay is where Green Bay is is because of Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's why Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are my one and two. Patrick Mahomes, I'd argue, is still in that discussion, but we're not seeing, we're not seeing. Patrick Mahomes having to like shoulder the entire fucking team to win football games. That whole team is just really good. So it's probably uh, well. Okay, then I'll change my answer. It's probably I. My vote would be for Rodgers at number one because he's doing it with less. Like he's got he's got what Devonte Adams is that the well not according to Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams recently tweeted that he is the best receiver in the league. Period. Hard stop. I mean, he put up 172 <laughs> yards the other game, so you know it's kind of hard to argue with him. He did. He did, he did, he did. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and why is it Aaron Donald? Because uh, it's Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think we need to have a conversation about that. Because it's, uh, cause it's not Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, this is interesting. And the, I'm doing it in a format of I'm reading somebody else's list since we haven't had enough time to talk about it. Sure. Um, Coach of the Year, and why is it Brian Flores? Uh, it's not. It's Sean McDermott. It is Brian fucking Flores. <laughs> Miami's five and three, and they accidentally won games. They've got a top five drafted quarterback. Who? The number one bust position in the entire league when it comes to top drafted players. And they fucked around and accidentally won games last season. I mean, Miami's also got like a halfway decent front seven now at this point. Like, they've got a decent defense. 
Yeah, I would make a stronger argument for Sean McDermott than Brian Flores, but I will acknowledge what Brian Flores has done with the Miami Dolphins. I think he's after. I think he's done incredible things. I think he's got to do more still, though. Yeah, this one's more of a conversation piece uh, because I'm not going to defend this one way or the other. Comeback Player of the Year. The list is Alex Smith is the winner. Runners up: uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, I mean, I think you got to give it to Ben Roethlisberger. I think you kind of got to. Like Alex Smith, it's. I think. I think this article is leaning way too much on the catastrophic nature of Alex Smith's comeback. Yeah. Not necessarily what he's done on the field since he's come back. Alex Smith is the best comeback story. He's not the yes. best comeback player. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger is playing like Ben Roethlisberger of old. Yeah. Alex Smith is still getting his feet wet. Um, although, like, like you've already said, the Alex Smith story. Great story. I love to see it. I mean, it's going to be hard to top that, like, in the NFL, in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, Alex Smith is going to be a story 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Especially more so if he actually comes back and, like, does something. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. Is Alex Smith, like, once he gets his legs under him, um, is he the best quarterback in the in the NFC East right now? Probably. You got Danny Dimes, you got Gilbert, and you got Carson Wentz. So I guess Carson Wentz is the competition. I'm going to give that one a hard maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's early still. Obviously, like we were saying, he's just getting his feet wet again. Um, mm-hmm. But Still happy for him. It, it, like, watching his wife cry. I can only imagine the amount of tension that she must have had his first time back in the game and the first time he took a hit. Yep, yeah, I was going to say the first time, <laughs> the first time he caught one. Yeah, because yeah. he got sacked twice, so the first time he goes down, it's got to be like, uh-oh. It's just like, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Yeah. So uh, last one we'll kind of talk about, Offensive Rookie of the Year. What do you think? I mean, I, I it's been... In flashes, but I mean, I would make a strong argument for Mapletron. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen enough out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire um, to say him. And he's got such an explosive offense around him to begin with. Like, like Claypool's coming in and is like legitimately a number two receiver now. You know. Yeah, I got my crow ready because the article says Justin Herbert mm. and um, the runner-up being Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Mapletron. Um, at this point in time, I kind of agree with him. Justin Herbert's kind of been playing really well for a rookie, especially in the situation he's in. I don't want him to play well. I need him to stop. <laughs> tone it down a little bit. Yeah, bring it down. You're at like a like an eight. I need you to be like a, like a six, maybe a five. Um, I had a take on you, and I need it to be correct. Yeah, because Tua's going to come back. He's going to win Rookie of the Year, and then I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess, yeah, there's but, a really good argument for Joe Burrow. I mean, obviously. Yeah. It almost feels like, especially once Joe Burrow got his feet wet and, like, that offense is kind of trending in a positive direction, like, he's shouldering a lot more responsibility than I thought he would as early as he has, almost because he has to, because, you know, who the fuck else is on that team? But does Um, Joe Burrow... Does Joe Burrow suffer the same fate as what I was saying about the MVP where you got to win games to be the most valuable? Like... Uh, well, Well, you don't for rookie, for offensive rookie of the year, because Kyler Murray won it with a losing record. 
Yeah, but he wasn't like two six and one. Well, they still got eight games to play, man. Yeah, I know. Se- seven games to play. Right, which is why right now I wouldn't give it to Joe Burrow. We'll see what happens by the end of the season. Yeah, I yeah I would argue that uh, Justin Herbert has more claim to that uh, than um, well not even because the Chargers are only like two and six. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out towards the end of the year. Right now, if you if you put a gun to my head and said give the award to somebody, I'd give it to Tua. So <laughs> of course you would, because <laughs> you want to be right about stuff. Look, it's my award to give. Okay, it's fair. Isn't it our award to give? It's just your segment. We can have two awards. Okay. Be like the RJ's award yeah. and the Keith's award. One is wrong. One is right. Nobody. <laughs> one is fourth. One is wrong. There you go. Uh, we got anything else to talk about? Nope. That's all I got. All right. So on that note, uh, this has been the fourth and wrong podcast for November the 9th, 2020. Uh, say goodbye, Keith. It's not nope. Try again. Goodbye, Keith. There it is. <laughs> Motherfucker. Hey, everybody. Dude, I got, <coughs> I got like, <laughs> I got like this budget Mark Wahlberg energy going on right now, okay? Uh, so, um. Who's budget Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Uh, discount Mark Wahlberg is Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to look at the end. <laughs>